Ball time. Ball time. Welcome back. Field of 12. We're going to do a 30,000 foot view here of the college football season. It happens in two or three days. It's like the office, Clint, when they're like, it's happening. <laughs> um, I'm George Whitfield, joined by two big time heavyweights. First, the pride and joy of State College and the Minutemen of UMass, Adam Brenneman. Uh, one of the big time college football tight ends that we've seen here in the last five or 10 years, fresh out of coaching and now into broadcasting. So he, his bag is huge. His bag is huge. And I hope he brings that bag tonight because it's going to get a little fiery because he's lined up next to <laughs> Clint Sterner, pride and joy of the Arkansas Razorbacks and the Dallas Cowboys. All kinds of media. You can just put his name in. He's got radio shows, podcasts, TV shows, as an analyst. He's calling games. Uh, you know, he's probably selling yachts. Uh, but <laughs> some yachts. <laughs> hey, if the money, if the money's right, baby. Hey, George, I don't know how the hell, I don't know how the hell I'm gonna compete with with a, a minute man with with an enormous bag. I, I don't know how in the hell am I gonna compete with that right there. Good looking fella, come on, man. <laughs> the idea. Is I don't know to about do that. Man. <laughs> the idea is to do your best. Uh, first, fellas, cheers. Cheers. We're days away. We're days away now. Cheers. Coming into this. Coming into the season. Uh, so, Field of 12, for those of you who have been rolling with us, welcome back. For those of you new with us, buckle up. We've been doing some big-time preseason looks at conferences. Uh, this week, we it's game zero, so we have some matchups we're going to go over. But more importantly, tonight, we're going to go over the storyline. So in case you've been out there, you've been watching baseball, cutting the yard, get with us. We're going to take you on a – on a trip around college football to get you ready for that big tailgate uh, uh, for the season kickoff here. Let's start with national storylines. I personally think the biggest storyline, I want to get you guys' opinion on it in, in the last, like really this whole off season was conference realignment. And the monsters are now starting to take over the earth. They were kind of <laughs> contained for a bit. It, it, it's gone now. It you know that gate broke, when that gate broke at Jurassic Park. It's like, oh man, um, <laughs> conference realignment is starting to become the North versus the South, and will the Pac-12 survive? How did you guys see that when it started to break? Uh, Adam, I'll go with you. How did you see it? And then, do you think we'll have much move, much more movement in the next twelve months? Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy and it's shifting the entire dynamic of college football. I mean, remember the days when when like ge geography and rivalries actually mattered in college football. And now you got USC joining the big and UCLA joining the Big Ten for for one reason, right? It's all TV revenue. I mean that that's the only only reason it's happening. And it's a it's another trend in the move towards the professionalization of college sports. You know, good or bad, whether you like it or not, NIL conference realignment. Uh, but I, I think, like you just said, George, Pac-12 is going to be the, the big loser of this whole thing. I think you're going to see Oregon, Washington, Cal, and Stanford, in my prediction, join the Big Ten. And then the Big 12 is going to go after uh, the Arizona schools, going to go after Utah and uh, in Colorado. And then 
that's the end of the Pac-12 as we know it. And and I think obviously Pac-12 has been in a tough spot the last few years, has like the worst TV deal in football. I mean, you know, you can live on the West Coast and not even be able to watch Pac-12 teams half the time on with the Pac-12 network. So I think that's going to happen. We're going to have the four major conferences in college football. But I know there's tons of predictions out there, but I, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, I think out of it comes a lot of big-time rivalries too. I mean, Penn State-USC is going to be a sweet game to watch every year. You know, I think yeah. that's, that, that's going to be yeah. fun. And, uh, you know, remember when everyone was up in arms about Texas A&M going to the SEC and everyone said, well, Texas and Texas A&M aren't going to play each other anymore. And now Texas A&M's full identity is that they're in the SEC, you know, so it it, it all works out at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, Hey, G, G, I'm I'm stoked. I'm stoked about it, bro. I mean, I don't know what the hell is going to happen. I don't know where they're going to land, but I'm absolutely stoked about it. And and I think because here's the reality of the situation. Group of five programs, and, and really the majority of the Pac-12, Pac for all the reasons Adam mentioned, they were completely out of the mix. And so it was time to shake up uh, the, college, the landscape of college football. And, and I know there's going to get teams, George, you spoke of this multiple times, there's going to be teams that fall by the wayside and they don't have a chance in hell to be in any of the mega conferences, if you want to call it that. But you, but you can also, on the other side of that coin, you, you can look at what's already going on with BYU with U of H, yeah. with Cincinnati, with Central Florida. Those are four programs that before this past season, and let's be honest, that was that was a a, a crapshoot that Cincinnati got into the college football playoffs. <laughs> There's going to be more teams that are going to be in a power conference or a mega conference or whatever you want to call it that were prior group of five teams that now have the opportunity to play for a national championship, legitimately start the season and play for a national championship. And the Pac-12 stuff out out West, I mean, the reality of it is there is a better way of playing football that includes the West Coast than what was going on with the Pac-12. And I think – and I don't – again, I don't know know where it's going to land, Adam. I have no idea. But when it's all said and done, those teams are going to be in a better place. Even the ones that are left over that end up in the Big 12 are the ones that are left over that have to just kind of – pick and grab the last few spots, they're going to be in a bit a better position, much better position, week to week, money to money, year to year, they're going to be in a better position than they were in the back in the Pac-12, in my opinion. No doubt. I, I can't remember a more mismanaged situation than the Pac-12. And it was the suits that the, the suits left the gates unlocked, left it running, and went on inside. Like, how could you do that? A historic conference. you got iconic brands that sit out here. And you're west of the Rockies. No one should be able to come west of the Rockies uh-huh. and invade this coastal conference. They were in a position, what was it, five, ten years ago, where they had Texas and Oklahoma on the hook themselves, and they were trying to fish out two, three, four, big 12 yeah. powers. To, and all of a sudden, you're out. And with all the deal making going on with visibility and TV, Adam's right. You sign a deal where your average West Coaster has no shot at seeing games, certainly not at the bar or or at a restaurant. I don't understand how it was so poorly mismanaged. You have so many great programs, you know, academics, coaches, everything. And uh, yeah, Adam, I agree with you. A couple of those guys will be gone off to the Big Ten and the rest to be looking around and they'll have to join some, you know, some boys and girls club or some wine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Hey, gee, I think one thing though that's that's really cool, and and I look I, again, I don't know where everybody's going to land, but but I'll just use the SEC as as an example. It's a crying ass shame that me, you, Adam, all the guys involved, all the big time college football fans don't get to watch Texas A and M and the University of Texas play each other. We're, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get to see that again. And yeah. there may be some big Pac-12 rivalries, George. You'll be able to tell me better. I'm not, I'm not a big Pac-12 guy. You'll be able to tell me better than, than anybody. But but with USC and UCLA, you're still gonna get that rivalry. You're gonna be now you're yeah. gonna be able to get those big boys out of the big ten where they're gonna they're gonna create rivalries whether they like it or not. I, I just think yeah. it's a it's a move for the better across the board, man. Yeah. Yeah, and and you talk yeah. about rivalries like you got even even ones like Pitt and Penn State. Why are they not playing every single year? I mean that that, that that's a travesty. And, and not that the conference realignment will affect those two specifically, but just the consolidation of everything will make for scheduling easier and all the and all the games that we all want to see you know happen happen and, and you know be able to be able to happen every single year. You know, you mentioned the Pac-12. I remember trying to watch last season and in conference it was like Arizona State versus Colorado, like a big in conference game. And I and you couldn't watch it. I mean, I was like, no, I didn't have Pac-12 Network, so you could you had to buy a subscription. I mean, it was like that would never happen in the SEC or the Big Ten or, or any 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 major conferences like that. George, let me let me get I want, George. Let me get you real quick. I want your I want your opinion on this, man. Yeah. The the NCAA has failed miserably. Yeah. I mean, let, let, let's be honest. They have failed miserably relative to managing their people. Um, and, and this is becoming the wild, wild west. Whether we're talking about paying players or we're talking about conference realignment, well, what's your what's your thought about the NCAA and kind of its responsibilities for, for the way that things have, have unfolded and, and what it's going to look like in the long run? Uh, to me, this thing is it's grown past the NCAA. The NCAA is that it's that 65, 70-year-old grandma, and she has like a a full-on bull mastiff. And now, and it, and it had five more. So it's like, there's no way she's going to be able to walk all these dogs around the, the block. <laughs> she cannot do that. She can't do that. So what I think it has to go now, Clint, to your question is, Adam said it out of the gate. It's getting professionalized. They're going to have to create a, co a commissioner. They're going to have to create a commissioner. Uh, I heard from a mentor of mine who, who's kind of had some of those shadow conversations. They're going to have some kind of salary cap, quote unquote, and I hate to even use the term, not on a player per se, but what a team can spend or collectively a lot or something like that. Otherwise, you got the Yankees out here lining up against the Mudcats in the same conference, how are they supposed to recruit against each other? Like, it's just not going to happen. So, Isn't that Casey at the bat? Casey at the bat? Didn't, didn't yeah, Casey yeah. at the bat? Didn't he play for the Mudcats, baby? Come yeah. on. Yeah. Mudcats, Mudhens. Uh, it, it it's just the monsters are now taking over the earth, and it's incumbent that we start to move and find some uh, – you're going to have to find some ways to at least corral them or, uh, or keep the monsters with the monsters. Like, otherwise, like, I think yeah. this whole thing is going to get ripped apart, but I do agree with you on your heart. Uh, your, your, uh, the core of your thought on this play is change is going to be exciting. Like we're here now, all that 
thinking about, oh man, I wish this, I would, no, no, we're here now, but also what all has to happen to go with this. Um, and Adam, to your point, rivalries like Penn, uh, Penn State Pitt, uh, the two Texas big boys will, you know, now they have to lock up. But Clint, to your point, the Pac-12 programs, that's what September's for. If USC wants to play Arizona and it's non-conference, you know, call them up, dance with them. You know, it, I think it'll be yeah. uh, interesting. And what will also be interesting is the two big basketball schools. What happens to Duke and Kansas uh, football-wise? I just don't see people like, you know, burning up their phone line trying to get them. But you got two of the biggest programs in all the college sports that are going to be yeah. kind of just hanging out because their football can't get invited anywhere. Uh, so let's go to this. Biggest surprises, national surprises. Clint, uh, let's start with you on this one. What has surprised you or what do you think will be a surprise going into the 2020 season? And the, and the question couldn't be more broad. Well, yeah, I mean that's a that's a broad question. I, look, I, I think I think there's a couple of things in the in the top ten rankings uh, that surprised me. Uh, I think Texas A and M. I know you're going to love this. I think Texas A and M be it's being at six and seven in there. And, and look, I think Texas A and M is a good football team. Gee, I, I, I get me and you, me and you. I always you know uh, you know always get me and you always get sideways on that one. But I like I think they're a good football team. But but we're not taking we're not taking things at 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 you know what they're at the surface. I mean, what are we dealing with? We were a team that, that finished fifth in the West last year. We're talking right. about a team that's, that still doesn't have a quarterback. We're talking about a team that lost, I believe, four defensive linemen to the draft and to the NFL. Um, we're talking about a team that ultimately, if you look at, you know, they're supposed to be known for developing players. If you look at their pros that came out last year, whether you're looking at Jalen Wiedemeyer or you're looking at the big D tackle that they had or you're looking at the safety that they had that's supposed to be one of the top in the country – came out and just put up putrid numbers at the combine. I mean, I, I, I think there's some – I mean, we're talking top ten teams in America. I was surprised based off of what we saw last year. There's still no quarterback in College Station. I was surprised at that at that particular uh, ranking right there. And uh, I would say the other one was Baylor at ten. I like Baylor. I love Dave Aranda. Um, Baylor's starting at 10, uh, even though the Big 12 is, is – I think some would think there's a lot of turnover. Hell, I think there's a lot of turnover, a lot of uh, – I don't know. I don't want to say dysfunction, but a lot of change. Um, so it's really up for grabs. But I'd say Baylor at 10 is a little bit rich for my blood as well. I hate to pick on two uh, Texas schools right out of the damn gate, but um, <laughs> that, that's that's where I'm at. I, I, I would go I would go there as surprises and then – not to take them all, Adam. Before before we let the young blood talk a little bit, but <laughs> USC, man. I mean, uh, well, y'all gonna find out as we roll along here. I, I'm 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 banking on USC out of the Pac-12 to make a bunch of noise this year because of that transfer issue that's going on in, in college sports right now. College football right now. Mm -hmm. So hey. to recap, yeah, oh, give me a second, Adam. To recap, I'm fired up, man. His his national surprise, surprise. He puts A and M in the guillotine. Okay, we get that. All right. Doesn't like the bus driver. Food sucks. <laughs> Stadiums. I'm just going over his notes. And then Baylor. On a serious I Baylor was one win away from crashing that wedding last year. They were one win away from they took care of business at TCU and how they did it against Oklahoma State, but if was a fifth. 
Uh, go ahead, Adam. Your biggest surprise. Well, I, well, I was going to say, I, I uh, remember on Monday night's Pac-12 preview, I had USC as winning the Pac-12 as well. And George, George didn't – I don't know if you liked that pick too much back then, George. Uh, I don't really <laughs> like it right now. I do like them, but but they're – there, there's a nasty crew in the pet in the pack 12 there's a nasty the, the, the crew biker game it's the village yeah, I, yeah the biker game i think when you look at you know the national landscape of college football i was trying to you know as clint was talking think about the surprises the reality is at the top of college football there's very rarely surprises right there's not a ton of parody in college football i mean you know you got the same five teams make the dance almost every single year and it, you got the cincinnati's that make it like once in every five years but uh, but you pretty much know at the top of the top of the food chain in college football, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, uh, you, you kind of know who's going to be at the at the dance every year. But I, I think one program when I first one that comes to mind is a, a program that will surprise people this coming season. I, it is probably too low in the AP poll, I think, is the Florida Gators. I think Billy Napier in, his, mm -hmm. in year one with Florida um, d does a good job. I mean, everyone I've talked to who knows or has worked with Billy Napier has just raved about him. I mean, says he's extremely smart, obviously a great play caller and a great offensive mind, but the way he's building that program and uh, structurally the way he's building it. I mean, you know, you talk about obviously last season, I think Florida was six and seven, something like that under Dan Mullen. Well, this is a program that, I mean, they're one year away from, you know, uh, taking Alabama down to the wire and, and two years away from winning uh, the SEC East. I think they have Anthony Richardson at quarterback. I like Florida, and I think, obviously, anytime you have a coaching transition, there's a culture change. Um, you know, there, there's adjustments to be made, but I think Billy Napier and, and, the, and the Florida Gators can, can surprise some people this fall. I'm with you. And I, I look at that Utah heavyweight matchup, Clint, that they have right out of the gate. But it's a huge opportunity. As a head coach, Napier has had these guys, what? He's had his hands on them five, six months. Yeah. And Yogi just mentioned um, that uh, one of his favorite coaches told him it's 18 months to get your culture to where you want it. He's about a third of the way through, and they haven't battled a game yet. The very first time they take the field together as a, as a band, they're going up against the baddest biker gang west of the Rockies. So you're going to learn about yourselves. And you've got a superhero, to your credit, who can go out there and possibly do a little something. The team we haven't mentioned yet is Notre Dame. We haven't mentioned them in a lot of our preseason shows. We haven't mentioned them in terms of our uh, top 10 monsters, conference realignment, and not in the surprises. Where do you guys see the Irish – both on the field and then where is their future let's reverse it adam we'll start with you the irish will look like what on the field what will be a a success for them this year on the field and then um clint take us to where you see them in, in the next two three years yeah well I, we're not at this point yet of of our of our uh, college football playoff but i mean i have notre dame making making the playoff at number 4 uh, i think which i think playoff they're, is that? They're, which they're, playoff they're, the, the 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 division 1 power 5 college football playoff oh my. i have oh my. At, i have them at number 4 i think Number one, I love Marcus Freeman. I'm all in on Marcus Freeman and, and what he's doing. I mean, I remember the video of when the players found out Marcus Freeman was their head that coach awesome. and I'm just freaking out. Um, you know, exactly. They they have they have four tough games, you know. They they gotta go to Ohio State, they gotta go to BYU, uh, and they, they go to USC and have Clemson at home. The thing with with 
with Notre Dame, they can lose one of those games and still make the yeah. dance. But the rest of their schedule, I mean, they, they don't play anyone other than those four teams. So I, I think it, you know, it's a tough schedule, but other than those four, they, they got a chance to, you know, to get healthy in, in, in between the, the big games there. I think Tyler Buckner's a, a good quarterback. He's, you know, he can make plays when the play breaks down. I saw some, some sat in, in high school, his senior year, he had like 55 touchdowns and two interceptions. I mean, if he can take care of the football, as you guys know, George, as, as a young quarterback, you got to be able to take care of the football. That's the sure, number one thing. Sure. He's got a great cast around him. Michael Mayer maybe the best tight end in the country or the second best after Brock Bowers. Um, they brought in Brandon Joseph, the transfer safety from Northwestern, which is I think is what that defense needed. Uh, so I, I love I love Notre Dame. I think I think you know when you look at um, that four spot in the playoff, uh, I was back and forth a little bit. You know, Clemson, Notre Dame, some of it, but I think Notre Dame can can run the table and, and, uh, or, you know, have one loss and make the playoff that they got to beat USC to end the season. That's going to be the big game. And I think that, I think that game is going to have some major implications for, for the college football playoff. If, if USC does what I think they're going to do. Clint, can we just start from that point? Is Notre Dame, uh, is their track toward the playoff? Are they on track right now for, for the college football playoff? They're as close right now as they're going to be to the college football playoffs ranked number five preseason. I, I I don't I don't I mean look you, I, you hell you said it George what'd you tell me about Brian Kelly at LSU one of the yeah. best in the game right they lost the top yeah. three coach any way you slice it I like Freeman yeah. I'd like to kick it with Freeman hell I'd like to play with Freeman <laughs> I, I, yeah. I I have no idea what the hell he's going to do as a head coach the one sample size we have which just may be a little bit unfair right a defensive minded head coach took over last year for the bowl game versus Oklahoma State and they 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 had an epic fail in the second half. And, and Oklahoma State came back and won that football game. And so they got a lot of returning starters. I get that. Uh, I think their schedule is more is, is more difficult this year than it was last year. And if we're being completely honest with ourselves last year, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, they played three ranked teams in 2021 and lost two of those ball games, Cincinnati and Oklahoma State, I believe. Wisconsin was their best win, and that was a four-loss Wisconsin team. And so – I don't know that they weren't overrated last year, to be completely honest. They've lost it. They've lost what, what most believe is a top three head coach in all of college football. They don't have a quarterback that's proven. That's and, and Adam, you may know better than me, brother, but but I what I've read up on these guys, their their best option at quarterback is a guy that they're not real sure can sit in the pocket and distribute the football accurately. They know he's an athlete, they know he's got a, a high ceiling, but can he play at the level from the pocket necessary? to win football games at a national championship level. This all may come to fruition. It may happen. But I'm telling you right now, I'm not comfortable saying, bless Notre Dame now. Uh, Brian <laughs> Kelly left that – he left he left that cupboard full now. They got 15 starters. I sure like Freeman. Yeah. Not if we're talking national title. I think it's a great transition, great, great hire. I think they'll be fine. But college football playoffs – Adam, you done lost your damn mind, brother. They got <laughs> they got to have a lot of things go right. First of all, that is four heavyweight matchups, and it starts with going to the shoe. Like, I think they'll be competitive. I don't think they'll get within arm's reach of Ohio State, but this won't be no first round knockout. Um, Clemson, BYU, like USC. I only think they're better than than BYU. Do they have enough firepower on the outside, first of all? And then the quarterback, really, that should be a fluid discussion for those of us not inside the building. My personal – so, first of all, Tyler Buckner, his school is about a mile and a half from where I'm sitting. 
So I had a chance to watch him, know him as he was here. He was growing up and he was a man amongst boys. Looked like an eighth grader playing fifth graders, smaller division, talented kid. He transferred to Reggie Bush's old high school, Helix High School. So he could play with the big boys. COVID in California canceled his season. So he went on up to Notre Dame without really playing a senior season. He'll be fine. But does he pass consistently enough? And right now it still remains to be that that still remains a big question. The youngster they have back there that they're probably not eager to get in until he's in there is Drew Pine from Connecticut. Drew Pine, imagine a even smaller Baker Mayfield, uh, fiery gamer, plays with urgency, throws with consistency and anticipation. Go back. He made a couple cameos last year and he could spark these guys. He was in that Cincinnati game. They're going to have some things to figure out, but I do like where we are with with uh, Notre Dame as a contender, but I just don't see them kind of punching up. Teams like that, do you have the ability to really go get somebody bigger than you? That's going to be a question, but the Freeman factor is real. What about their biggest opponent, probably their longest rival, the Trojans? Big splash now in free agency. Big splash in free agency, 20 portal signees. The ceiling for the Trojans, come here, Ken. The ceiling for the Trojans, Clint, is? I, I got them in the college football playoffs, man. Oh, boy. Okay. I got them in the college football playoffs. I, I, I think I, I think they uh, I think they end up in the big dance. I mean, you look, you're talking about a proven head coach, love or hate Lincoln Riley. You think he ran from the SEC? That's fine. He landed he landed at SC, and and right now I think it's a really smooth transition. I don't think we talk enough about the fact that it's the same offensive system that's been at USC for multiple years. So these guys, and I know there's some different verbiage, and there may be some tweaks here and there. But ultimately, Lincoln Riley's an air raid guy, and, and they're going to go in there. They're going to have heard that the, the verbiage before. They've got they they transferred in four new starters on offense, four new starters on defense. Um, I mean, eight of twenty-two new starters are transfers, plug-and-play starters. And um, you know, I, I know they got the two big boys on their on their schedule. I think I think both Oregon and Utah are both on their schedule, aren't they? Um, is that right, George? Do you, do you know off the top of your head? If I, I think I, I think USC has both of them. I, I actually oh, don't who? think I don't think they play I don't think they play Oregon. Let me try. They don't have Oregon. If, if that's the case, I like my I like my uh, my my thought my thought process here a little bit better. Adam, I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, no. So I I, um, I I just think Lincoln Riley with the familiarity, um, uh, you know, just in a very similar. I think he's in a very similar conference conference relative to what he has to the gauntlet or the lack thereof that he has to run that he was in the at Oklahoma in the Big Twelve. And so, yeah, man, I like USC. I like USC to. To uh to end up in the college football playoffs. You look, here's the deal is I mean, hell, George, they're gonna be they're gonna be well inside the top ten by week five or six. Hell they yeah. ain't got nobody. Yeah. I looked the whole first half of their schedule. Hell, like they're gonna run, they're gonna I mean, they're gonna run, they, they're gonna lead they're gonna lead every damn category in stats in terms of passing by, by yeah. week five or six. And so um, yeah, man, I I like USC. And a smooth road, too. There's no yeah. I mean, that's a smooth road. No ducks. They do got to come see Utah. Smooth road there, Adam. You see them as a playoff team? I, I think it's possible. I, 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 it was. 
I kind of had this debate today when I was when I was thinking through some of the you know who's going to make the playoff. I uh, you know I think USC has the smooth road. I the one issue is you know they they could they could win out win the you know win the Pac-12 and lose to Notre Dame that last game of the year and not make the playoff. You know so that that was like the one thing I kept thinking about. Um, but obviously, I mean, Lincoln Riley and, and what he's done there, just raiding the transfer portal and getting those guys, Mario Williams, at receiver. Uh, I, I love the pickup of the Colorado DB, Makai Blackman, uh, getting a veteran presence on that defense, which, you know, has kind of been USC's downfall for a while. But uh, I, I think one of the big storylines, too, is just the the USC versus Utah battle in the Pac-12. Like, I, it's so intriguing to me. They obviously play. Uh, but just, like, it's skill versus culture. You know, it's like the yep. skill of, like, go acquire all oh, the man. players you can. And just get, you know, get get Jordan Addison, get Caleb Williams, get Mario, get all these, this talent and bring them all in one place and try to put the best team together in the country, which they damn they damn near have the most talented team in the country. And then Utah, that's just, you know, build it the right way for the long haul. Their players have all been there three, four years. You know, they're just grinding out with Kyle Whittingham. It's, it's really polar opposite programs. And it's an exciting battle because obviously – Utah has, a, I mean, so much preseason hype, probably more than they've had in a long, long time uh, in, in that program. Since we're talking free agency and, and skill, which that is a I, – I do think that's an accurate depiction, skill versus culture, uh, a brutal warlord culture up there in Salt Lake biker City. Biker gang. A biker gang. That is <laughs> college football's biker gang. Who do you think – so let's go outside of USC because we know they made a haul. Clint, go with you first. The Give me your favorite or couple favorite pickups uh, across the landscape there in, in the portal. Oh, look, I, I'll give you what I did. I mean, there's so many good ones, George. I mean, I, I, by the way, I love this trans, – the era of transfer portal. I absolutely love it. I love the I fact that the tra- – I mean, the, the, bro, the transfer portal is so beautiful. And, and, and look, it's one thing that it's one thing that now you see like Brian Kelly at LSU, and you see Nick Saban at Alabama, and 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 and, and Lincoln Riley at USC. It's those guys. That's great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it for those those. I love it for those players more than I do the coaches necessarily. But mm-hmm. I love the transfer portal for your middle of the pack programs. My alma mater, Arkansas. They don't win nine games last year and really have a chance to win 11, if we're being honest, if they don't get Trey Williams out of from Missouri, a legit rush defensive end that can that can apply pressure to damn near anybody, maybe not Georgia, but anybody else in the conference. And then big John Ridgeway from a smaller, a smaller school, he stepped up and was a nose guard that, that changed the game big time. And and this year they got they got a, a corner and they got you know, a wide receiver out of Oklahoma. So I, the transfer portal is just – it's so critical to your middle of the pack for right now power five football teams, and it's so crucial for your individuals that are great players that just get stuck in a bad spot, a coach leaves, um, you know, the, the Spencer Rattler, things don't go according to plan. you got to transfer. It's a second opportunity for dudes. So I absolutely love the transfer portal. But I, I went with – I went with the schools that, that are getting more than one, uh, George. I mean, I, there's so many good transfers. I went with the schools that are getting more than one. We talked about Caleb Williams and, and Jordan Addison at, at USC. Absolutely mm-hmm. love it. Jamar mm-hmm. Gibbs and Eli Ricks at Alabama. Are you kidding yeah. me? I, I don't know much about the Gibbs kid, the running back uh, out of Georgia Tech. I don't know much think, about him. Think, uh, think Alvin Kamara. Think that, a, a 20-year-old college version Alvin Kamara, catch it easy, 
first guy I miss. Yes, I can go in between the, the gaps, put a shoulder down, but he's going to take pressure off of Bryce Young. Put Kamara up here on Gibbs. Gee, gee, and that's where I was. I knew I'd heard it somewhere. It must have been listening to you on, on, on one of your shows somewhere along the way. The minute you say Alvin Kamara, I'm in. I mean, yeah. George, you're a credible source for me. I, I, I lean on you for football, football reasons in a big, big way. And now as a girl dad, I'm going to lean on you a little bit there. So keep that damn phone oh. on your hip. But, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I just I, – I, when I hear that, I think, damn, at Alabama with that talent. So, Jamar Gibbs and Eli Riggs, corner transfers over from LSU to Alabama. Um, I, I believe we had him on our All-American uh, list. I'm not, I'm not positive. Uh, I love those two guys at Alabama. And, and I'm, I, I, got, I got two more for you, but I'm only going to give you one because it's my alma mater. The, the Hazelwood – Jaden Hazelwood, former Ooh. five-star out of OU – going to Arkansas in Kendall Brawl's system with KJ Jefferson where they're going they're going to force the extra defender into the box. They're going to get you one on one outside just like they did last year with Jay, with Traylon Burks. Can you be that dude? And if Jaden Hazelwood is a f- former five star, if he can live up or even close live up to even close to that, he's going to have a monster year and Drew Sanders and Alabama transfer at linebacker on the other side replacing Grant Morgan. I don't know if he can piss the drop in terms of tackling folks, but but guys, I'm gonna tell you, Adam, this cat can run. This cat can fly, yeah. brother. And so those are two down in my notes. Come on, man, put it down. I'm telling you, he plays at a different speed. Those are the two key positions at Arkansas where they lost game changers, X factors. And that that's Arkansas season rests on that. They win eight games or they win 10 and flirt with eleven. Jaden Hazelwood, Drew Sanders. For more Arkansas Razorback Hogs news, go to clintsterner.com <laughs> for more Razorback news. Adam, before I get your thoughts on your favorite pickups, you yourself were a transfer. You're right there at one of America's, you know, blue blood schools, the most famous, one of the most famous universities on the planet in Penn State. You're there, you're a player, you're recruited. You got brothers on the team, and one night you go to sleep in a Nittany Lion, and the next morning you wake up and think, I'm not a Nittany Nittany Lion anymore. Can you kind of walk us through just the the novice fan mentally what the process is to kind of divorce yourself from this place because you had a realignment on goals or direction or whatever else you really wanted to do for yourself? Yeah, it's a great point, and I think Clint hit it right on the head. Like, you know, I love the transfer portal. I love the player empowerment. I think, you know, in my situation, I went to Penn State, was a big-time recruit, along with, you know, fellow uh, Field of 12 analyst Christian Hackenberg. We went to Penn State together. We're best friends, uh, have success as a freshman. We're both freshman All-American, and I had some injuries. And then Mike Kosicki comes in, and everyone knows him, and, you know, he's the starting tight end. And, you know, I think – when you think about college football and these young players, myself included, but tons of them around the country, to think that they're going to get it right with their first pick all the time is just kind of ridiculous. You know, Mm -hmm. I think these guys deserve the second chance to get their career right and get it back on track. And it's difficult, you know, when, when you're sitting in that spot and and not knowing if the place you picked is the right place for you long-term. So just having the option to, to go somewhere else, you know, I ended up transferring to UMass and ended up being a two-time all American called a bunch of, a bunch of passes. Like, if I wouldn't have had that opportunity, where would my career be? What, what would I have to say for myself? I think about guys in college football. You think about a Will Levis. You know, Will Levis left Penn State to go to Kentucky. 
totally changes the trajectory of his life. I mean, that guy's going to be yeah. a first round draft pick because he got the transfer. Yeah. If he was at Penn State, what you know, would he still be competing with Sean Clifford? You think about Quinn Ewers. I know he hasn't played yet, but if he was still at Ohio State, would he be behind C.J. Stroud still? And now he's going to get the chance to lead one of the most historic programs in the history of college football. Uh, so right. I'm a big fan of it. I think at the end of the day, man, if college football is a business for the coaches and the administrators and the media and the fans, yeah. it should be a business for the players yeah. too, man. And and I, I'm all for it. More more power to the players. Adam, he, Adam, he, Adam, here's here's the deal. G two, like when you when I have this conversation about transfer or paying players, man. Like the minute somebody starts talking about, well, yeah, how's the program going to do if that? How's the the head coach going to do if that? You know, I, I, no, it's hell with all that, man. Yeah, it's about the players, right. man. We 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 were all once players, man. You yeah. you sign a letter of intent, and, and I get it, man. Your word your word is bond. I sign it. I'm committed. But man, when you sign that, like when you step your your when you step foot on campus, man. That clock starts. You got five years of your life, and you can never right. do it again. So don't give Correct. me no bullshit. Don't give me no bullshit about well, the university may not be able to survive, or the coach may may you know may hurt his career, or he may not be able to keep his staff together, or the program may suffer from a a numbers perspective. Man, I don't, don't want to hear all that shit, man. The, the, the players yeah. are their kids. They got five years and never another shot in the rest of their life to play college football. Yeah, right, and you know the other, you know the other. Uh, straw dog argument in that deal. You you feel a particular way about the program, and your head coach feels a particular way about the program. A lot of times, these head coaches, you played your heart out. You're an underclassman. You guys way went past expectations. He gets hired, three hundred percent raise. He goes up to a big school. He can stop the show tomorrow. He's out yeah. before the portal. It's a one-year penalty for you as a kid. You get there, yeah. and it's just like uh, Cam Ward, another one of our, our young students down there in Houston. Cameron Ward comes out of high school, not big, not, not you know, highly publicized, goes to Incarnate Word, wins their version of the Heisman Trophy as a freshman. Can immediately take those chips, cash it in, and now he's a starting quarterback in the Pac-12 in Washington yeah. State. I almost bet Washington State was never uttered during his high school years. It's probably never even uttered up until somebody from Washington State called. But <laughs> but now he has the opportunity. Uh, it, it it always bothered me. Adults could always make a dop of the hat decision. I'm an athletic director at this mid-major, and I get hired tomorrow at a heavyweight. I'm gone. Same with all these head coaches. I'm gone. For a player, Clint, That'll be one year of your football life. You must sit or do whatever. It's hey, sorry to tell you, but you need to be loyal. Like, that is bullshit. That's bullshit. The adults can hop and profit. Uh, mon I mean, it, like you know, profit off of that Oof. success at a Gee, drop of a hat. It, it's a crying ass shame how many grown ass men and women in decision making positions let that go on for as, as long as they did and That's made it and, and made it. And I'm, look, I'm not saying. That it that the wild wild west in terms of play and pay uh, pay uh, players and and transferring anywhere you want to for any damn reason I don't know what the right way to do it is but I know the way it was going on was dead ass wrong and yeah. the only one, the ones that were holding us as players back were the ones that were George they weren't just making those decisions that was their life goal if if sure. you're if you're if you're at a small school somewhere you're working your ass off why to get a to D get one up. job. 
to go Correct. to a power five. And when you Correct. get to a power five, you're busting your ass to do what? To go get a blue blood, to go get a, a, a job when Dabo leaves or when 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 uh, Saban leaves or when, when Ryan Day leaves or whatever. I mean, that, they weren't just doing that. It wasn't like, oh, well, boy, I can go make more money. I can do what's best for my family. No, that was your goal the whole entire time. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just – Sorry, I got off on a damn tangent. That transfer portal and that paying players, that 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 stuff right there, it, it was about damn time they started letting that happen. Agreed. All right, fellas. Um, I have no idea where we are on time. You know I don't too much <laughs> adhere to that regardless. Adam, you're you know, you're welcome. Extra innings over here, sir. Yeah. I'm gonna change this a bit. We we took care of all the curriculum. We're gonna play a little ball now. I'm going to play a little ball now. I'm just going to throw some things off the cuff. I told you I got a few things up the sleeve. So let's play it. Scenario game. Let's start with the with the Roman Army, Alabama Crimson Tide. Could Alabama's number two unit, all their number twos out of that depth chart, could they finish in the top 20 as a group of five team and make the playoffs? Like, well, I guess that's two questions. One, could they finish in the top 20? And then if you exceed that, could they cross the party as a group of five and make the playoffs? Clint, I mean, uh, let's go with you, Adam, first. So I saw you tweet this earlier earlier today. So I've been I've been sitting on this for a little bit now. Nah, I that's right. I, 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 yeah, you 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 let the cat out of the bag a little bit Don't on Twitter, but my I I I'm a resounding no. I don't I don't think that I think it's I, I think that to think that Alabama's second string. So, you know, we're talking about guys that aren't seeing the field that haven't gotten reps that you almost have no one who has game experience that has, you know, or, or major game experience on that, on that roster, on that second string um, to think that they're going to go out and make the, make the, well, is it make the playoff or is it, or is it top 25? But I, I think it's no to both, but make the playoff, no shot top 25. I, I think they'd field a good team, but I don't think they're better than the top 25 teams in the country. Well, look at your, Let's go. First of all, it's reverse engineering. Let's go 20 to 25. You're already talking group of five teams. A Cincinnati, a San Diego State, uh, Houston's probably hanging in there a bit. Spots like that. Clint, the, just because you're a second teamer, you're still picking up good minutes at Alabama. Half these teams, as the Roman Army, the game's done at halftime. So you're getting a, a lot of these yeah, second teams. That's a good point. That's a good letter. point. Yeah. They're going to letter. And yeah. I'm going up against the best of the best day in, day out in practice as it is. Clint, A, do they make the top 20 if they're their own team? B, could they crash this thing as a group of five? I would say they could They could make the top 25. You, you, you shifted from top 25 back to top 20. You I'm said they use... could or could not? Yes. Yeah, yeah, they could. I, look, I, look, I mean, because here's the deal. is They're, they're good players. They're clearly a drop-off, obviously. But but I just think that it's the same coaches. You still got elite coaching. You you still got elite culture. Um, you know you still got elite development in in terms of the weight room and and what they do in the off season. And, and I just I'm a firm believer in those things. I I think I think those things separate the men from the boys, along with recruiting, obviously. But um, so you still have those things. I think they could make the top twenty five. And the only reason I say it, you're looking at I'm looking at I don't know what poll this is. One of them. BYU's 25, Houston's 24, Cincinnati's 23, Wake Forest is 22. Do I believe that Alabama can take their backups? And do I believe they can finish with a better record than any of those four football teams? And I think in a power five comp, in a power five schedule, I think the answer 
is is yes. Now, can they can they crash the party? Who man, that not 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 just any given team. Like I I believe I'll take Georgia last year for an example. G, you take Georgia last year. Give me their backup quarterback. You give me their their their, their this backup team that's going to play this year that everybody thinks is number two in the country and Kirby Smart's the best thing since sliced bread. And they're just going to go. They're going to run through this thing and end up back in the college football playoffs. They they they'd be a damn good. They may even be a top fifteen, top ten team at Georgia last year with their twos. Oh yeah, see, see, okay, noted. Let's go to the next one. Well, wait, 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 wait. What's uh, what, what's Georgia's answer? Is it is that? Are you a yes? Yes, I I think they finish. I think they finish in the top twenty. There's so much talent down there. There's so much talent, uh -huh. and it's not again. We were just having this conversation. USC, 20 new guys come into the building. Like, they're still wearing name tags in that football building. They're still <laughs> introducing each other in the huddle. Now, they'll get it together. But the number twos at Bama came in together, grew up together. You're just not starting yet. Or there's an NFL guy in front of you that hasn't gone and declared yet. But I'm still picking up big minutes in September. I'm battle-tested. I'm probably playing, you know, line shifts in these big Jurassic Park conference games, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they are cohesive uh, to a point. Now they're just they're just finally getting their chance to break out. All the twos at Bama would be starting someplace else, if not for at Bama. So caliber-wise, yeah, I think they finish 15 to 20. Can they crash? I don't think they crash. I don't think they crashed, but it gave me some thought because Cincinnati was able to do it with the road Cincinnati had with Wisconsin and Notre Dame. They took care of both not outlandish for Alabama's twos to go do that. The rest of the run was a straight shot. Just don't trip. And then things just work out for you. All of a sudden they're in. So it's not all about the battles you have. It's also about the battles on the other landscapes that will make or shape your own road without your doing. Here's the next question. Adam, let's go to you. If we took Ohio State and put them on the field with the preseason all Big 12 team, who comes out of that alive? I think Ohio State probably wins that game. How about that? I think Ohio State. That, that's how talented I think Ohio State is. I, 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 need, I, need to, I need to look at the all Big 12 team right now. Yeah, it's talented, no doubt. But I mean, it's the Big Twelve, so. Do I get do I do I get the Ohio State guys on my Big Twelve team? <laughs> I mean, that's that's a, that's a determining factor. If, what if you mean? Do you get? Why would you get Ohio State players on a Big Twelve team? Oh, I, I said Big Ten. I'm sorry, you said Big no, Twelve. No, 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 Big Twelve. Iowa oh. State, ECU, Houston. Yes. I mean, I mean, yes, I mean, you got, you got Spencer Sanders is the is the number is the uh, is first team quarterback. I mean, you're talking CJ Stroud. I mean, it's it, that, like it's it's quarterback game. You know that it is a quarterback game. But I'm saying, bring that 22 from the all Big 12 versus the 22 coming down from Columbus. Put it in a neutral site, Clint. Who comes out? Oh, I'm I'm riding Ohio State in that in that uh, in that in that. Uh, to me, it's it's a it's a no brainer. That I mean, talented. 
Yeah, I, well, I think they're that talented, and I think the Big Twelve is 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 in a tough spot. I mean, you, you, I mean, clearly, I mean, is if that were to happen, who's got the best quarterback? Clearly, Ohio State. If that were to happen, who's got the best running back? Ohio State. If that were to happen, who's got the best wide receiver? Maybe the best two wide receivers. Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and I, I'm not even flip, I ain't even flipping the defense side of the football because I'll be honest with you, I ain't, I ain't tracking. I ain't tracking Big Twelve defenses right now, and uh, and at the end of August, I'm being completely honest. But yeah, I, I would go. I would go Ohio State. I'd go Ohio State with that, with that, uh, with that that situation there. All right, uh, let's go to a couple other scenarios. There is going to be a lot of hype and discussion about the SEC, which we on this brand of programming are called the Jurassic Park. Right? There's just so many monstrous, vicious, dinosaur-like uh, creatures looming down there. We're just going to call it Jurassic Park. People don't understand the depth of this league. So let's play a couple scenarios out. If we picked up Kentucky, this year's team, and dropped them in the Pac-12, how high up can they would they battle up? Adam will go with you as, a, as the Pac-12 native. I think Kentucky, you got Will Levis. I think you're I think they're probably like I think they're competing with UCLA in the Pac twelve. I think I don't think they're as good as Utah or Oregon or USC, but I think they're I think they're giving the Pac twelve a run for its money. I think those are good games with all of them, but I don't think that they're winning the Pac twelve by any means. So but I know, you put I know, a, Go ahead. You put them top. Four, five, top four in the Pac-12. I, I don't. So I'm, I'm going to the Pac-12. They're not better than USC. They're not better than Utah. They're not better better than Oregon. So I, I, I think they probably beat UCLA. Um, you know, they're better than the bot. I mean, they're certainly better than the than the bottom half of the Pac-12. But, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think they're going in there and beating and, and beating Oregon and Utah. And mind you, now for those of you rolling, what's Kentucky overall SEC eight nine? Something like that. Yeah, seven Clint? maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, this year was as when the LSU's down and Florida's down, and it's 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 a different look for them. But yeah, I, I think I think Kentucky lives anywhere from six to nine. Yeah, in the uh, SEC, but what would they do in the Pac-12? Man, I you know I, I'm a big Stoops fan. Man, I look. I mean, again, what what I think they built is is really really special. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't know that they're going to compete. And, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong here, because again, I'm not a huge Pac-12 guy. I think I think they can run with Utah. I think, in fact, I think they're two very similar programs. Similar if we're being honest, from, from yeah. well, just from being the way they play ball, the culture that you talked about, Adam. Um, I think those are two very similar programs. I think they have a hard time keeping up with USC. And, and big picture, Oregon, I think they have a hard time keeping up with that Oregon speed that we've, that we've come to know over the years, even though that, that hadn't been the same since Chip Kelly left, if we're being completely honest. Um, but I, I don't know. I'd, I'd say they'd be up there in the conversation in the top three. Top three. All right. Let's go to another one. Yeah. A&M. 
Go ahead. Go ahead, Adam. I'm the, I really want to hear hear your thoughts on all these too when, when we get moving on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to pass the ball. In, in my humble opinion, um, I, I agree. I don't know. They may not have the firepower to, to really go shot for shot with USC so they don't let them. Styles make fights. You, you tie them up, keep them in the corner, brutalize them. They're similar to Utah in that way. In Utah, you know, if you just look at the style between Utah and Oregon, Utah beat them twice last year and really yeah. did up front. Yeah. Beat them down both times. True. It demoralizes you. It's it's ugly. It's on the ground. It's straight at you. It's not the tactical spacing. that It's just they take the game out of that a biker gang. I look at Kentucky. I think they have a puncher's chance to get in the Pac-12 championship they're better than UCLA, in my opinion, just style-wise. Yeah. And I think they're better than Oregon. Um, so I, I, I put them right there, but either with or right behind SC and Utah. But again, we're talking the eighth or ninth team in the SEC. And all of us are having a conversation that they're easily third to yeah. fourth in the Pac-12. Let's go to A&M. Let's take the Aggies. Let's pick the Aggies up and drop them in the ACC. Drop them in the ACC. Click. Get them off the guillotine now. Get them off the guillotine. The quarterbacks are the quarterbacks. The team is the team. The coach is the coach. But it's the Aggies. It's Jimbo. He's got a lot of silverbacks in that locker room. They get off the bus and they go into the ACC for a year. Let's just see what happens, what plays out. Well, I mean, the, the, the bar is still the same for Jimbo, right? Jimbo's in a class of, of the top 10 highest paid coaches in the game. So if he's, if you drop him in the ACC, it's how does he stack up against Clemson, generally speaking. And I'll be honest, I think Clemson and a and got some pretty similar problems in terms of uh, Clemson knows who their quarterback is, but he's got to play significantly better. Um, I, I think if you look at what happened last year at Clemson, um, you know, I, I think anybody in the right mind would say that they played well below what they're capable of playing. Their their talent, they're they're more talented than what they put together last year. So I think they're they're two very similar teams. But 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 gee, I'm I'm just I, I'm 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 gonna be honest with you, man. I'm 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 a, I'm on this one, man. I, I'm dead set with a And M, man. I, I just well, what's the answer? I, I mean, NC State is out there. Um, yeah, count the monsters. North How Carolina. many true monsters? I, I, yeah, I mean. Well, next year there's a lot of people that believe NC State's going to be one of them. I think North Carolina's going to be a good football team. Um, who else you New got out there? New quarterback. New quarterback. Both running backs to the draft. North, North Carolina, Carolina, you talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, uh, but I mean, they'll, they'll be a good. They'll be a good. They'll be a good football team. I mean, let's be honest. We, we saw Mississippi State beat beat uh beat A and M last year. We saw a terrible LSU team beat A and M last year. So. It, they it, all it, live it, in Jurassic Park, though. That's the point. They all live in Jurassic Park. Yeah. They all yeah, play but, 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm with you, G. But if we're going, if we're going to take a program that lost to Arkansas, Mississippi State, and a pitiful ass LSU team that the, the head coach was chasing gals in the stop and go parking lot instead of coaching yeah. the damn team. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, let, yeah. I mean, those three teams beat beat A and M last year. Who was the fourth loss to? Because it wasn't Alabama. They beat Alabama. Who was the fourth loss to? I can't remember. It wasn't a stop-and-go parking lot that beat them. I'm just saying. <laughs> go, to, go to the ACC's Monsters. 
relative, right? Everything's relative. Clemson has Clemson. been a landlord for a long time. NC it's State. Virginia. Virginia's playing nice. NC State, are we calling them a monster? Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, number, oh, they, they got one of the best quarterbacks in the country. No question. But is yeah. the program, is that team a monstrous team? Is that one to fear? Or is it one to, like, really respect and get ready for? Right? So, okay, Probably, so there's yeah. two. There's two. So where do they finish? Clint, they go in A&M, line them up. Duke, Boston look, College, Miami, line if, them up. Look, if, if, I'm, if, I'm be, if I'm betting money on it right now, I'd say second to Clemson. I'd, I'd say they 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 run they finish runner up to Clemson. G, but I, I I don't I don't like the way you just want to dismiss the 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 fact that they got that ass whooped last year by some middle no, of front no. teams. I, I'm not I'm not dismissing anything. I'm just I'm just getting these guys off the guillotine before you give the go ahead and just drop this thing. <laughs> no, G, <laughs> leave them up there. Baby. I, 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 I ain't, I ain't gonna drop it on them yet, but just leave them up. They deserve to be up there, man. I had a guy, gee, I had a guy tell me today, uh, 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 my, my producer on my radio show every day down here in Houston. He's an admin. I had him tell me today that if Jimbo Fisher and the A the A&M Aggies, if they finish fifth in the West again, Jimbo Fisher ain't on the hot seat. No, no. What, what you agree? No, what? He's not on the hot seat. What if he, if, if, if he finishes fifth in the West two years in a row? Jimbo Fisher ain't on the hot seat. I'm saying there'd be some urgency, but nobody's going to come out and start threatening the man. He's got a national championship. These things take time to build, and you're in Jurassic Park. I mean, let's get real. LSU is revamped. You got to deal with them. Ole Miss has a nice little stride going. Arkansas is trying to make a little bit of noise, but you, that you doesn't Jimbo, put Jimbo. you in peril. You you, you ain't just got Kim Folk. You ain't you ain't got you you ain't just got Kim Folk in College Station. You are somehow tied to Jimbo. You and Jimbo. No, Fisher, no, here's what I think. No, but here's here's what I think. And I think in time, give you some space. You're gonna tell us her name. You were a young man at some point in time. Some chick or young lady from A and M. You must have pursued, sent flowers, sent pizza, sent this, sent that. She said, Clint, thanks, but no thanks. And from that point on, you were like, you know what? You and everybody else on this campus. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to give you time to work that out. We're truth give you be some told, I, I, I did marry Longhorns. So there, may, there may be a little There may <laughs> oh, be a little, there may be a little <laughs> so persuasion in the reverse. <laughs> so it ain't what you lost. It's what you gained. Oh, so man. you inherited hey. a centuries I, old. I'm just – I've been trying to tell these cats from jump, man. There's certain schools in, in conferences where, you, like Florida State, Florida State and the ACC, you ain't got no excuse to be piss poor. I mean, you, 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 you are in a fertile recruiting grounds. You have a, a blue blood program where kids all over America want to go, at one point, wanted to, oh, it was, yeah. it was the most cold-blooded thing in college Ohio. football. That's it, man. And 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 you and you are that bad? No, no, that's not A and I'm just saying, generally, like, there's a handful of programs that, as we're talking college football, I'm gonna hold them to a higher expectation. And Texas A&M is one of them. They've had all of been the only school in Texas to to recruit out of the SEC. Only school that can walk in and say, "We play in the SEC. You can play right here at home, and you can play all on TV every day, yeah, prime time, the whole thing." And, and, and anybody recruits across borders. Everybody recruits across borders. Just because you come in and say, well, I'm part of the SEC, 
that doesn't boost you or hold you back. Hey. Texas had great recruiting classes these last couple of years. The the bar, they haven't even been in the playoffs. That thing is still building and rumbling and building and rumbling. It got noisy with someone in Manziel. Then they got into the SEC and they made some nice waves and they beat Bama. Then they kind of been able to sustain it. Then they went under new management with Jimbo. And now he's trying to re-harness this thing, but they're in the Jurassic Park. They don't have four national championship trophies sitting around the corner. And people are saying, well, what have you done? They've been winning. They've been battling. This thing takes time. Adam, real quick. Sorry, A&M in the, AC, in the ACC. They would be where? Well, I, I got to chime in quick. I, I think you think about what LSU did to Ed Ordron after, you know, a year, two years after winning probably the national championship best season in like school history, let him go. So oh. I, I see where Clint's coming from as far as Jimbo Fisher. You know, the, everyone's on the hot seat in the SEC unless you're Nick Saban every single year. Anyhow, oh, ACC. So stay, wait, wait, wait. Well, stay there oh. then. So what, what would – when would they plug his seat in? Fourth in the West? Fifth in the West, you really think his seat would start to warm up? Yeah, I think I think if if that scenario, like fifth in the fifth, fourth, fifth, I mean, it, they 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 want to win at Texas A and M. I mean, it's just you know, it's an example of the SEC, the Jurassic Park. I mean, they 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 want to win. It's it's big time college football, and eventually you got you got to win some games and you got to show improvement in the program. And I understand Texas A and M, you know, they're not the same kind of program that LSU has been for a long time, but. You know, when when Clint mentioned um being on the hot seat, the first thing I mentioned, what I first thing I thought of was, what what else you did at Ordron? I mean, that dude had the best season in school history, and then was gone within, you know, what was that, twenty months later? I mean, he was he was yeah. kicked to the curb. So it's just a good example of the SEC as a whole as well. I mean, that's big time college football, man. But the western part of the SEC and the and the eastern part of the Big Ten. Remember now, we're only seven eight years away from. Uh, the national championship game was from the that half of the SEC oh. and Bam and LSU. Like the biggest monsters in Jurassic Park live there. Now we're just starting to hear some noise from the east side. But your thoughts on them in the ACC? Can A and M go into the ACC championship? Yeah, I think I think they would. I think I don't I don't love Clemson this year. I think they're slightly overrated. I don't I don't love. I don't love DJ. I, I think that I think that um, I think Texas A&M would win the ACC if they were in the ACC right now. Wow, wow! He says they'd win it. They'd win it. All right, uh, Clint, you're an agent. Adam, you're an agent. Clint, you represent Oregon. Adam, you represent Notre Dame. Clint, where would you advise Oregon's? And Phil Knight, let's just go ahead and be honest. Where would you advise your client to move to? Which power conference do you think most suits Oregon and and her interests? I direct them on a on a, a first class flight, direct flight to the Big Twelve. I, they, they, I mean, I, I I know there's money involved. I know there's money involved. It's all it's all going to it's all going to level itself out. Go to the Big 12, slay the Big 12 every year, be in the college football playoffs, and everything's going to be fine. Are we getting our bigs mixed up? Big 10 has the monsters. Big 12 has the others. As the agent, which one are you saying to go to again? The Big 12. 
I'm going to the I'm going straight to the Big 12 where I'm guaranteed if I if I just handle my business, I'm guaranteed a college football playoff appearance every single year. Unless you think George, unless you think all of a sudden the college football playoff committee, which I have no faith in whatsoever, but if all of a sudden you think you think the college football playoff committee is going to go Man, Big 12 sucks, man. They, they, it don't matter what anybody does over there. They ain't getting the college football playoff. You're crazy. I'm go. I'm go. If I'm Oregon, if I if I'm Utah, if I'm going, I'm going to the Big 12 as quickly as I possibly can, and I'm going to dominate that conference and have a one way ticket to the college football playoffs every single year. So we already saw the SEC half the playoffs. They've already had two entries. That's just Jurassic Park. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, they're going to be looming in there. Whoever wins the Big Ten is going to have the third one. Then you're talking about Notre Dame and the rest of the country. It's not like an, an ACC Big 12. It's just the best of the rest. You're really talking mm-hmm. two from Jurassic Park, the Big Ten champ, and the best of anywhere else. And you really are going to advise your client to go to the Big 12. And will your fan base be excited? Houston's coming in here week one. Then we get Iowa State week two. In comes Kansas. We go to K-State. Really? 100%. As opposed to we get a Lockhorns with Michigan. We get a number one Ohio State team that they already beat. They're fresh off of coming off of this type of stuff. But you want them to go down a class so they can – you're banking that the road will be clear and and free of blockage. You're just taking the straight shot to the college football I, playoff. That's not even a guarantee. I, I am, yeah. I mean, I, if I handle my business in the Big 12, it's 100% guaranteed. If I'm Oregon and I handle my business in the Big 12, it's 100% guaranteed. How many times OU handle their business and not get in? That's also a good – that's also a good point. Good point. They but, don't get in. They don't get in. Good point. George, the only argue, the only argument, in my opinion, is the money argument, which I think it's I think in five years it's all gonna work itself out. All these mega conferences, everybody's gonna get paid, everybody's gonna make money. Right now we're talking about the Big Ten and their little seven, eight billion dollar deal that they got or whatever. The SEC's gonna overtake them when their contracts come up. When the Big 12 figures out who the hell's gonna be there, they're they're gonna get paid, they're gonna get big money. I don't know if it's gonna be apples and apples. It may be apples to oranges, but they'll be fine. I, yeah, I mean, I, I just I I think I think there is a huge opportunity. Unless unless you can look me dead now and tell me the college football playoff is going to discredit the Big 12 because they don't have as many blue bloods or they don't have as many powerhouses as the SEC and the Big 10, then what the hell are yeah. we doing? College football playoff is going to discredit the Big 12. There you go. There, there's just no <laughs> – there. look, they're in here. They've been grandfathered in. We're, that train is moving past the Big 12. And you're the first human being – and I just got this. I just pulled it up on my phone. Reuters sent this to me to ever say the words "little seven billion dollar contract." That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the first yeah. one to ever say that. Adam, you represent Notre Dame. Jack Swarbrick, all the popes from Italy. Everybody's in there. <laughs> all with the popes. <laughs> Adam, we're, what's best for us? Yeah, Notre Dame's got to go to the Big Ten. I I think for two reasons, revenue and and you know Flint just mentioned it, but it's important, right? And every Big Ten team right now is getting like a hundred some million dollars. I think Big Ten and their media deal were getting you know 
50 to 70, something like that. That's a big difference. And, you know, they obviously so over the next, I'll help you the next seven years, every big 10 team will get $466 million, which is $66 million a year for the next seven years from Rutgers up to Ohio state. Mm-hmm. They can all count on that. And that's not even ESPN money, but go ahead. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's big time money. So I, I think number one, there's that reason. Number two, just the rivalry, the fit. I mean, you got Notre Dame that now can play USC, can play Penn State, Michigan, all these traditional right. I mean, we all know how much Notre Dame loves tradition, right? All these rivalries, they can keep their games with Stanford in non-conference. I mean, obviously they're in a they're in a difficult conference, but they already play a difficult schedule. We just went over their, their schedule for this season. It's not easy whether they're independent or whether whether they're in a conference. I just think I think Notre Dame, like when you think of Notre Dame, I think of the Big Ten. I'm like, Notre Dame should be in the Big Ten. The alignment there with Penn State, like all these schools, it makes too much sense. And the TV revenue to go on top of it. I mean, the Big Ten uh, with Notre Dame included is a, is a valuable conference. And could I, say, could I say, George, may rival, if they get Notre Dame, the Big Ten could rival as the best conference in football. I think they're right there now. I already think it's a rivalry right now. What it's to, limit, to Clint's point, new money is going to come up for the SEC. If you had your if, if you had your uh, crystal ball there, Adam, as the representative from Notre Dame, and you were told, hey, if you wait a year, like Clint's saying, wait a year or two, you can make mm-hmm. 20, 25% more in the SEC. Is it worth that 20 or 25% to take your brand down to Jurassic Park? Or do you take what you know and stay right there in the Midwest? Man, I don't know. I mean, I think about like fit and just Notre Dame in the SEC just seems like just not fit. I mean, that didn't even that didn't even like comprehend in my mind Notre Dame playing in the SEC. Like that just doesn't sound right. It just doesn't doesn't roll off the tongue. Notre Dame in the SEC. I I feel like they belong in the in the Big Ten more. The alignments there, the rivalries are there. I I don't I don't see Notre Dame going to the SEC. I I just don't see it happening. Clint, hey, now you're. Just- I, got, I, I got a question for you. Yeah, I got a question for you. I want you to look at what's going to be the Big 12. Back to my Oregon question. I ain't, I, ain't, I didn't even hear what y'all – Adam, I love you, brother. I respect you. I didn't even hear what you just said. I'm still stuck on this Oregon conversation, George. <laughs> I want you to look at the top 25 and what the Big 12 is going to be. And you tell me who's better, the Big 12 or the ACC, based on the top 25 this year. Who's better? So – if you're in terms, at- in terms, in terms of, of like, why would if you put Oregon in the Big Twelve, you got Clemson in the ACC. Take them guys out. The the Big Twelve would have more teams ranked in the top twenty five right now than the ACC does. So why why is the Big Twelve all so why would the Big Twelve? I don't disagree with your point because of what we've seen over the history of what the college ball playoff has done, but I'm just looking at the top twenty five right now. The Big 12, in terms of who they're going to be, I'm including Cincinnati, the U of H, and, and BYU at the bottom down there. And you look at Baylor, Oklahoma State, and right now OU, but you can flip OU and put Oregon in there and you get the same look. The, it, 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 it ain't no different than the, than the ACC. Well, uh, so I'll answer that. First of all, that's cute. Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU are 23, 24, 25, right? All right, so we got to put somebody down there. Okay, do the, top all, thir- do the top 13. The Big 12's got more. I mean, look at the bottom yeah. or look at the top. The Big 12's got more. But you're, you're our 
you're our agent. You got to look more than the local stuff, than this week's top 25. You got to set us up for the next 10 years of success. I am. I'm going to put you in a spot where you're going to win brand, a million dollars for my playoff. <laughs> yeah, the brand is everything. You got to line us up with like-minded monsters. Baylor right now is going to be the new landlord of the Big 12. Waco, Texas. Oh. Baylor. And all hats off to Dave Aranda. Who's next is Oklahoma State. Then the rest is like half these guys are still putting up curtains. They just moved in. The rest of these guys nobody else wants because regionally they're all stuck here in Tornado Alley. There's no monsters here. If you think ACC since you brought it up and now that pl planes are going everywhere in terms of college football, Miami, a known brand, legacy, national championships, Florida State, you already said it. Going up the road, Clemson who I was going to have you represent them next. North Carolina, multi-sport, multi just now got some footing in football. You can go on back up to Virginia I don't, and, and Virginia Tech. Somehow both those teams will find some footing. But yeah. they're all big-time heavy – well, big-time light heavyweight. Some of them are heavyweight programs. That seems to me, if it's ACC, Big 12, and I'm representing Oregon – I'd rather have Florida State come in on a Saturday night. I'd rather have or go to the Hurricanes as opposed to welcoming Kansas because I'm going to knock this tomato can out and I'm going to knock these guys out and hope to God the rest of the stuff works out that I can get there. If you have two undefeated SEC teams, an undefeated Notre Dame, and a Big Ten champ, it don't matter what you did in the, in the podunk Big 12. It really doesn't. And you heard us. Because you put us in there just because it's the smoothest shot. College football doesn't always go off the smoothest shot. You could lose a game, knock out three heavyweights, redeem, and go. As opposed to you've seen college football. Gee, you, but gee, you you just named you just named a bunch of teams in the ACC that Cincinnati's been to more college football playoffs than. I mean, I, I hear what you're talking about the blue blood stuff. I get it. I understand that. But I'm I, and, and, and there's we're splitting hairs here. But all I'm saying is, is it's not it's not like, holy hell, what are you talking about? I mean, Cincinnati was a college football playoff team last year. Baylor and Oklahoma State are top 13 football oh, teams right now. Lord, yeah. Lord, Adam, this guy. You just got through telling me you just got through responding earlier in the show that Baylor was one went with one win away from knocking somebody. That's I don't true. know what you're coming with. That's I mean, what, but, but now, now all of a sudden it's Waco, Texas. It is. I, That's I just, true. They were one win away. That was Waco. That was Baylor Man. last year. You got the chance to take these guys. You could take them to the Big Ten. You could take them down to Jurassic Park. They could go down there and play in, in the SEC. That'd be fun to watch Oregon go down there. It'd take a little bit to get used to, but no more strange than watching two L.A. schools go out to Maryland Big State Ten. College or, or, the, or uh, Michigan. No more strange than that. Why wouldn't you put them – in a big-time heavyweight deal when Oregon has always seen itself as a big-time heavyweight contender. I mean, I told you why. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the easiest path to the college football playoffs every single year. So you're going to put them in the Boys and Girls Club and just hope that they go in there and slam everybody around, and when it's all said and done, they can go out in the parking lot and go like this, while the rest of these behemoths take each other out. 
Y'all beat up on each other. I, y'all beat up on each other. Whichever one survives, I'll catch you and hope I get you in one game in the college football playoffs. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Adam, as an agent, you're going to thrive. Clint, as an agent, I'll be by to pick you up in a couple of weeks so we can talk about your <laughs> next future again for the field of 12. My man, Clint Sterner. Adam Brenneman, this is George Whitfield. Games are right around the corner. We'll be with you. See you next week.